Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Ozone on a beautiful day in Southern California. We're back to normal, folks. It's no longer Monsoon Town. About time. It sure is, because I don't pay to live in Seattle. I pay to live in the la-la. So we got a lot for you, a lot happening over the past few days, folks. Going to cover a few things this week. We're going to get to the Lake Show and talk about Magic Johnson taking over and his GM hire. Going to talk a lot about football. We got a lot of action going down in football from uh, Adrian Peterson not getting re-signed, Eric Berry. Big fight coming up on Saturday. We got Danny Garcia versus Keith Thurman. I think we might be taking separate guys on that, so we'll cover that. Uh, We had an Ozone appearance down at a Triple G workout. I'm excited to hear how that went. And what's going on in the world of hoops? Last night, the Ozone was on the wood at the Clippers game. Literally. Yeah, and I just, I don't know about it. Because uh, I saw what I saw, and I don't know how <laughs> how impressed I was with what I saw. Uh, a lot of guys getting released. The combine's going down. But let's get it on. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, the icons. How you feeling yes, today? Yes, I'm feeling great. We're in the bro zone. Nice. <laughs> freaking bro zone, dude. <laughs> right on, bro. Right on. So straight off, we got a lot of news. I want to cover, jump into something NFL-related straight away. You know, a lot of people are ragging on Colin Kaepernick of the San Francisco 49ers as of now because he opted out of his own contract. And I didn't understand that, though. Uh, well, and, but then but then he there was a story that got leaked to Adam Schefter, who said that, oh, yeah, by the way, Colin's going to stand for the national anthem from this point forward, depending uh, no, no matter where it is that he plays. And there seems to be a lot of interpretation of that for people feeling like it was a move that's him trying to sell out and get paid. Now, what what do you think about that? I don't have a negative feeling about that. I think that he he made his stand. He made he proved his point, and he moved on. You don't dwell on it or or just stay there with it. You know, it, it's just it's over. I feel that I couldn't. When, I, when I, do, I agree. When do you supposed to finish it? I mean, yeah. then when the country country gets itself back together, he can never stand for the national anthem. Yeah, I agree. I think he made a statement. I'm I'm actually fully in, on board with you because he made a statement, and I think this is a situation of a of a secret backlash, right? Because there's a lot of people who understood the protest; they just didn't agree with it, and they were kind of waiting for a time to actually come out and. That can of worms has been busted open now with people who want to criticize him for his stand. And his stance was actually pretty admirable. It was. And he he, ste- he stepped out on the ledge, you know, and stood for something, which most of the athletes don't do nowadays. Most I, of them don't stand for anything. I agree. And you saw how many guys agreed with him and decided that they were also going to take a knee. You're seeing guys from the Super Bowl winning Patriots deciding not to go to the White House because right. of their belief system. And now a lot of these media pundits have the nerve to jump on Colin Kaepernick as some sort of, uh, uh, you know, hypocrite. And I don't think so. I think, and I, I did a television show, a talk show called The Real, where they asked me about it when it was in the thick of it at the beginning of the season last year. And I told them, you know, I it's something that I would be down with if we had a clear end goal or a clear cut way of a results driven thing where we can say, actually, you know what? Now the protest is complete or now we've accomplished our goal. 
And I think the goal was to raise awareness amongst other things. And I think that he did that. He there's no doubt. It was and, it was news every else, single week. It was news. Actually, and actually, what you know? What do they want him to do now? They want him to keep it going. Yeah, basically indefinitely until the country gets itself together, which in 400 years, a country hasn't had itself together when it comes to race and equality. So why would we think that in Colin Kaepernick's short NFL career, they're (laughs) going to have it together? He's going to start a revolution. And then the other thing that Colin Kaepernick did uh, is he balled when he played this year. He did. He did. Low key. He actually put up better numbers than he ever has. He had 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. And that's not starting every game. He, I think he started maybe 11. 10 or 11 games, yeah. I think, something like yeah. that. And, you know, in some of those games, he was pulled for Gabbert. Yeah. You know, so you can't Blaine. Blaine. Blaine got in there. What a name. Blaine. What a Blaine. <laughs> I think I'm going to change my name to Blaine. Yeah, no, nah, man. Or I might change it to Bane. <laughs> you never know. Blaine Benson. <laughs> You'll just have to imagine the flames. We both know I have to kill you now. <laughs> man, how good was that Batman? That's just, man, man, wow. You can Anyways. watch that at least once a week. Oh, wow, that's some serious time commitment. Yeah, what, what is that, 52, 52 times in a year? Times three hours? Just a lot of times. <laughs> I can't watch it once a week. But, yeah, so, you know, the other thing is is that Cap, he got a uh, – he even got the award from his teammates for uh, basically is a super esteemed award from the 49ers that his team voted on, which just goes to the player who embodies values – and and ethics the most. Well, I think this is a case where the media was trying to tear him down, and he was standing for something like the police tried to tear him down and everything, and he was actually standing for something. Just because you stand for something doesn't mean, even if it's against the grain, doesn't mean that it's wrong. You know, he had a he had an, an opinion, and we're he allowed to have exactly an opinion. And people don't want him to have an opinion because he's a high-paid athlete. That doesn't that doesn't say anything. If anything, that should mean more that you need to have an opinion and yes. that need to be vo- it needs to be vocalized. You use your platform. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate, um, you know, anytime there's a group that's being marginalized uh, and murdered that by the authorities, that's a serious problem. Everybody should take that as a threat, right? Uh, in my opinion. And then he went and he put his money where his mouth was. Because you remember he funded all those scholarships. He gave away sure a certain a, a dollar amount to, I think it was he the sure ACLU and to certain Bay Area causes and whatnot. Stood tough. He, he stood he tough. the storm. He sure did. He death threats the whole time. And now line. they want to pay him back by, you know, basically trying to back, blackball him out of the league. I'm very interested to see where this goes. You know, very interested to see what the market is going to be like for him out there. As bad as the quarterback market is right now, Everybody should be jumping on this kid. It's pretty bad. Because it's bad. The backups are even bad. And now tell me this. Well, the backups are good out in New England because they got Jimmy Garoppolo. And and the question is, do you think that they're not trading him for is it a is it a ruse or is it real? Do you think that they're just running up the market because they know that the market is dry? Or do you think that they're just literally holding on to him to really groom him as a successor to Tom Brady? Well, they're saying that they're just trying to play games as far as raising up the market value on him on Grappolo, but I really feel like they should keep him because Tom Brady is, you know, as nice and as beautiful as this game has been and is right now, at any second things can go downhill. We've watched a lot of athletes who just have on the drop of a dime who turned into nothing. Well, look at how Tom Brady got his job. Yeah. The same way. Drew Bledsoe was as big as they get. Yeah. He moved the ball. I mean, he moved the ball. He was a big-time quarterback. Sure was. And he got hurt, and it is what it is. And Tom Brady is is knocking on Father Time's door, and as we know, Father Time is undefeated. Yeah. And when he, de- he determines that your number is up, that's it. Whether it's popping an Achilles or tearing something or somebody rolling on your knee exactly. or whatever it is that can go wrong. 
And this happens with most of the quarterbacks. This is how most of the quarterbacks come back into play. Look at Brett Favre. Uh, who else do you have? You have Joe Montana. You know, Joe Montana got hurt, and Jerry, um, and uh, your boy came in, Steve Young. Yeah. Uh, so you know, this is not something that. So you need a grapple on your. And he fits their system well. Now we've watched a lot of quarterbacks that leave the New England Patriots system, and they don't flourish like they did in New England. Yeah, which is a testament to the system, a testament to the coaching. Yeah, and their talent evaluation. Um, yeah, it's interesting because along that lines of their talent evaluation, you're seeing a lot of guys, the Patriots are making some very interesting moves or not making moves in the offseason. You see Chris Long has said, hey, I'm moving on. Thank you. I beat sent out a post. I never understood why the Rams got rid of Chris Long. He's, Me neither. He's I don't nice. know what that was. But you know what? I think that one thing that the uh, – I was, I was just speaking with somebody who was saying, and they had a great point, which is that – Letting these guys go, they're talking about not re-signing Deontay Hightower and a lot of these guys, and even when they let Jamie Collins go, which looked like it was going to come back to bite them, Mm -hmm. Belichick, the thing that he's so great at is watching and realizing, you know what? Our defense was getting ripped apart because we didn't have enough speed. We had plenty of beef, but we didn't have enough speed. Yeah, he's going to go smaller and And reload. Yeah, and And, and, and reload and try to teach these kids something out of college. That's it, and get the character profile that he needs that fits the New England way. And then if you can tighten up, that defense, and only, and can win games only putting up 20 points a game. You can count on Tom Brady to put up 20, 21 points a now, game. Now, how long before that backfires? Though? And I don't know if we can count on Tom Brady to keep on putting 20 points up. because I think we can. We watch the, the Houston Texans. Well, the league is designed for that. But yes. we watch teams like the Houston Texans that really, if they had any offense, could have beaten them. And they, you know, what you need is a solid running game to play clock possession, or you need to run up the score to make them play from behind. And... I think that you can really, they're really susceptible. You just have to, you know, pick your poison with them. You have to decide, okay, we're going to let Tom Brady get his yards, but we can't let them get in the end zone. Yeah, but see, here's the problem. You, you can't pick your poison with them because it's all poison. And this is, <laughs> this is the beauty of, uh, this is the beauty of Belichick is that he figures out which poison you're allowing and then he pours it on on the other side so that eventually you're going to crack. They play a pressure game because they play a game that's supposed to be really tight and they execute on the fundamentals and they say, eventually, you're going to mess up. We watch it happen in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We've watched it happen countless times. I, you know, obviously, you have to say they're the best team when they consistently win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think usually they don't line up as the best team. The only time that they lined up as the best team was when they went 17 and 0 and ended Lost up losing. To the Giants. Yeah. The, the couple every, times. Yeah, to the Giants. Every time to the yeah. Giants when they were the best team. I mean, it's only two times. It's not like every time, you know. Yeah. But it, it's, it's uh, ah, man, it's tough. It's tough to, to go against them. But you're seeing that, and that rebuild process is going to be interesting, especially if they determine that they do want to float a Garoppolo at some point, and they'll, you know, they can you know, clean you gotta up. you got to test the market. Now, I mean, they're saying they don't have to test the market. Yeah, and I see that, that, but... that Eric Berry did not test the market, and Why? your your team, the, the Chiefs, rewarded him handsomely with a monster deal. You book on the hammer. <laughs> Apparently, you will be rewarded. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Eric Berry, big money. Biggest money ever for a safety, they're big saying, money. guaranteed. He's, he's considered the best safety in the league, though. And it, and and so now, do you think this is this is a move that comes about because of this situation with the salary cap raise? Not just with the salary cap raise, but then, you know, you watch them get rid of a guy like Jamal Charles as well. It seems like they might want to go more towards defense like most teams do now once they recognize that it actually does win It works. Yeah. In every sport. In every sport, defense wins. And so it looks like they might be leaning more towards – because, you know, a guy like Jamal Charles, he's averaged more yards per carry than anybody in history. 5.5 yards. And he's released. Yeah, and he's released. And everybody's talking about Adrian Peterson. Are you kidding me? 
I, I would have to take Jamal Charles at this point. Not me, because even though both of them are are, you know, you're taking a gamble on both of them because neither one of them. Well, why is, is a, because they've both been injured with major injuries, and and both of these coming back from both of these major injuries. There's an uncertainty. They're not the same guys that they were when they were setting both of those records. You know what I mean? Well, with Jamal Charles, he hasn't been banged and beat as much as AP. But Jamal Charles actually has a knee injury that if he wouldn't have came back so early, he would have been able to keep. He wouldn't have been able to keep going. You know what I'm saying? He he injured himself. He re-injured himself by coming back too early. But his injury wasn't anything like nowadays. When you get that that knee that reconstructive knee surgery, you can come back and play and be successful. You think? Well, yeah, no question. Everybody's doing it. I think I'm going to get one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Why not, man? Wow. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because AP came back looking really strong. He was sluggish at first, and he came back. Um, but he's had both of, both his knees, right? I thought it was the same one he hurt again. Was yeah. it the opposite knee? No, I'm not sure. Either way it goes, it was two procedures. Right, he's had – Jamal Charles has only had one, and Jamal Charles is 29. Yeah, I mean, AP's 32. In the, in the real world, you're talking about very young men. Yes. But, but in, in the NFL, in, in the NFL world, it's dog years. Yeah. Especially exactly for running backs. Running backs usually only get two to three years. That's exactly what it is. Um, you know, I don't know. I think that when it comes to Adrian Peterson, I think that Minnesota is actually making really smart business by not opting into that higher realm for the, the, for the price point. From what I read, it sounds like they're going to be able to re-sign him because it sounds like he's – he understands the potential of a re-sign as opposed to a restructure, mm-hmm. but it is tantalizing for a team like the Raiders to think about getting an AP. Especially since your boy Latavus is leaving. Latavius Murray is getting out of Dodge, huh? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I don't know about that. But I, you know what? Football, anyway, dude, is, is, is bogus because if you sign a contract, I, I feel like you should be able to get your money. <laughs> and football, for some reason, they can sign you for anything and it's not, and you don't get that money. It's unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. And this sport is like a sport that we just said that a running back lasts two to three years. Well, he can sign a gazillion dollar contract and just make whatever he made until they feel like releasing him. And that's just, it is what it is. And it is what it is. And so when you guys get mad at them out there, when they hold out, they have to hold out because this is their only recourse. They don't have any other way to make more money. Mm. They don't. I'm sorry. This is a tough spot. It's a very interesting perspective. And I tell you what else is interesting about what's going down is the combine is starting now. We got all these young kids who are mm-hmm. running out there looking to prepare. Oh, did you see this bet that this this uh this thing that uh this thing that they put out? I can't remember what it was. I need to look it up. Um uh where they're gonna give out, I think it's a million dollars to anybody who can run that forty who can run that forty less than four two four. You believe that four two four? You got that four two four still? I don't have it no. <laughs> I don't have it. it, ladies and gentlemen. You're talking about a guy who had blazing speed. <laughs> I would give him that four two four. They don't think you can give it to him. I give it to him barefoot. Forget about the Adidas. Put it up, painted on my arm. Oh man, that's a, that's a that's a great <laughs> one. But but what's interesting in that is, have you been keeping up with what's going on with the Ross, the Washington Redskins? As far as? As far as the general manager situation. Uh, no, I've been following the Kirk Cousins situation. No, Kirk Cousins just got paid again, yeah, by the way. He got the exclusive franchise tag, which means that he's good for basically $24 million this year. Yeah, but you know what, though? He's good for $24 million, but if he gets hurt or has a bad season, then what does he get the year after that? That's the problem with that franchise tag. Me, myself, if Baller said that they were going to give me $24 million for one year, I think I'd be all right for the year after that. We'll see what happens. But that's just me. I don't know. What, <laughs> right, what can you do? Right, but you know what? In the grand scheme of being a big-time quarterback as he is now, you know, that upper echelon, of they consider him as of a quarterback, 
he if he gets hurt this year or whatever, his career could be over, you know, as far as them not signing him to a long-term agreement because they franchise tagged him. But you know what? And that's one thing that's great about him, and this is one thing going back to Colin Kaepernick. These guys are gambling on themselves, and we see it in various sports. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. Like Ian Desmond, it looked like it didn't pay off because he turned down that $100 million deal, but then he had a crazy bounce-back season with the Rangers, and he got his money. Yeah. And so it paid off. This is just a personal decision where you have to say, do I have it or do I not have it? I saw a special on Kirk Cousins. He's riding around in the kidnapper van, yeah. uh, you know, in like an 89 kidnapper van with his wife chilling that's pimped out on the inside with a couch and the whole song and dance. I don't think that between the 20 he made this year and the 24 he's making next year, I don't think you have to worry about Kirk Cousins financially. I think he's interested in winning and he wanted to stay with the organization. It is what it is. I think he's going to be all right. But that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about this mysterious kind of White house kind of situation that's going on with their GM, Scott McLuhan. Have you seen what's going on? No, what's going on with him? He pretty much has gotten kicked out of being the GM. He's not at the Combine. And he's kind of just kicked out in the sense that they have him out on a family personal issue. Now, his grandmother or his mother, I think it was, died on February 6th, and they were scheduled to bury her on the 13th. So this is now going to March 2nd, 3rd. Mm. So nobody thinks it's that. He has some history of uh, some personal issues, um, some substance issues from what I understand that are making the rounds that are pretty, you know, pretty documented and, and news. They've gained a lot of news um, attention. But now Doug Williams is talking about, they're talking about Doug Williams has assumed the leadership role. Um, they're talking about other people who have come out and what the rumor has it is, is that basically they kicked him out and told him, Hey, we'll tell you when to come back. And now why is the GM not out scouting talent at the combine? They and got not- other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> you got some other stuff to do. I got other stuff going, man. I ain't thinking about that damn combine. What do you want from me? me, man? I told you it's personal. I know. Y'all dude. tell me who ball. You tell me who ran a four four. Yeah. And so, and so this is a, this is a real thing because you know, just can't seem like that when it comes to Washington, D.C. right now, you can't get a straight answer about anything. <laughs> it's, it's just a Overall. crazy scenario, right? It smells, uh, something smells rotten in the state of Denmark. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be interesting to watch this one unfurl. It's very interesting because. Wow. So you th- what do you think? What do you think is going on with him? You know what? After being a part of ballers and learning a lot of this inside football stuff that they do, Anything could be happening. They could be getting him out of his contract. I mean, those guys can get jerked just like the players can. Right. And they can find different clauses and ways to not pay them if they feel like it, even though most of the time it's the players that get jerked. Yeah, and, but, mo- and most of the time it's some kind of plug and play on a character flaw, a character clause or something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and somehow or another they seem like they're moving a different direction without announcing that they're moving a different direction, which may also be a reason why they franchise tag Kirk Cousins as opposed to giving him a long-term deal, to be honest. It seems like whenever your GM isn't set, there's turmoil going on. And that kind of turmoil, it makes it very difficult to proceed as far as your personnel goes because that's the GM's job. Right. And he's setting the tone from the top down. Now they're talking about Doug Williams sliding in and being phased in. That guy, I think, would be a great GM. Really? Why? Yeah. One, because he's a Super Bowl champion and he understood playing under pressure. Um, Two, I think that as a former player, he has a, a rapport with the players. 
And it's going to be interesting to see because he can, he's been in the spot. Anytime you got a guy that's been in the spot, it seems like they carry more credibility and more weight, which is, I think, the angle that the Lakers are trying to go with Magic Johnson as well. Well, and I think that guys like Magic Johnson, most of the time in the Doug Williams type players, they don't, they don't work with the new age of athletes. They don't get it done. Because now, you think about that on a coaching level or on, a, on an executive level? Both. Because if you look at the situation, we met Doug Williams before, and we've met Doug Williams with a with an NFL player, and an NFL player, an African American NFL player, didn't even know who he was. You know, so right? But that's not that doesn't reflect on Doug Williams. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> that, re- but, that but reflects but, on that that guy. Yeah, but, who didn't know his football history. Yeah, but when you say that a guy, you know, that he's been there, and uh, you know that he can have a rapport with the players, and he's a Super Bowl winner. Those guys don't even understand that because they don't even know who this guy is. You know, it, you need to know or know this guy's history or background to really respect what he's done. And I don't think that they've, they're there. I don't think any of these kids are there. Even when you talk about Magic Johnson, I don't feel like Magic Johnson is going to be successful. We have precedents set where all these big-time ex-players have been coaches and GMs and are stinking the joint up, a la uh, Rivers, Doc Rivers, Isaiah Thomas. Doc Rivers has a ring. Yeah, but Isaiah Thomas struggled. He yeah, did but, struggle. But, but, but when when Doc Rivers won his ring, he wasn't the whole Wham. He wasn't the GM, the coach, and everything. He's not else. the whole Wham now. Yes, he's just the coach. No, when when did he um, lose his position as being running the whole show? He was he was running the whole show. He's the one to put that whole team together. Well, yeah, the, same yeah. thing. Same thing with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did the same thing with the with Charlotte. Isaiah Thomas tore the Knicks down. Uh, <laughs> Larry Bird. <laughs> You got Larry Bird, right? The only one that looks like it's going to have no, work Larry out Bird, is Danny. Larry, what are you talking about? Larry Bird turned that team. They, 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 he actually had them contending. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge worked out. Yeah, Danny Ainge is working out. Kevin McHale, they ran him out of Dodge. Even though he actually put together a nice team over there. He just, hey, it's another situation where Dwight Howard came and Dwight. <laughs> yeah, well, don't put it the, on Dwight. Dwight, Dwight just played their he hurt you. He put the kibosh <laughs> on you. It's not Dwight. It's just that those guys, they don't, they, they want the players to be like they used to be. You know, and it doesn't work for some reason. You need to go out and get outside sources or outside help from people who are out of the box to help them recognize what's going yeah, but on. But they're not doing it themselves. The, a guy like Doug Williams. So, so who then is qualified? Are you telling me that a situation? Because I can give you a list of guys that it has worked for. Look at Danny Ainge. Look at Mark Jackson, who doesn't get nearly enough credit for building the Golden State Warriors up to what they are now. But Mark Jackson wasn't the GM. Mark, no, but he was very influential when it came to player personnel. Because, what, who that did, GM who played did, in the hoop league with me, and that doesn't mean that he was qualified. Now that they're now all of these guys are hiring as their GMs, they're hiring agents. To me, this is the equivalent of the movie business hiring business affairs people to run creative. It usually doesn't work because the business mind well, the and the creative, creative that, minds but, aren't the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but you're talking about athletes, not creative. They're being, you know. I, I don't that's know not, about that. The, the athletes are a form of artistry. No, no. They are a form of artistry, but they're not the same thing. They're not creating art. They're actually actually doing something physical that other people really can't do. Yes, absolutely. But, I mean, so are the artists. Yeah, but so. The artists are doing something yeah, but physical the GM, that other people can't the do. The GMs who are usually former players come in now, they've done that in the past, and they want these guys to be like, when Magic was a coach, he you know was what? a terrible I think, coach. I think he was definitely a terrible coach when he was a coach, and he gave you a little bit of player coach. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, he was like, a, make me in, man. <laughs> I want my own number. <laughs> yeah, but that's but but no, at the same time, this is in my opinion the delineation is if you were a great player, you may have a hard time being a coach. If you were an above average player, actually your coaching situation will probably be better. Look at a guy like Rudy Tomjanovich. Rudy Tomjanovich wasn't a great player. 
He was but he coach. was a great coach. Yeah, he was a good coach. You know what I mean? Look at those guys. Look at guys like that. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson wasn't a good coach. I cannot agree with you there. Mark Jackson wasn't a good coach. So how do the Warriors get to where they are now? You think that's all Steve Kerr? No, it wasn't all Steve Kerr, but Steve Kerr is actually the jelly on the peanut butter and jelly. You know, he put it all together. And so how I don't understand. What what did Steve they Kerr had, they do? Had, they had even more, to me, they had a better team, not than they have this year, but in the past. They had Monta Ellis. They had uh, Matt that Barnes. That was not the team. And that was that was actually the team that Mark Jackson put yeah, together. Yeah, that's what I'm talking but about. That but wasn't they didn't the team, that wasn't the team that had the glue. But I think that Steph Curry just wasn't mature enough at that point. I don't think so. I and think, then the I league think has changed a lot, that's too. A, and, that, and that's he's a part of that. Mark Jackson was a part of that. Mark Jackson, As no. was Bob Myers, the GM. I think his name is Bob Myers. is a GM up there who could see the future. So much of this is that. Now, obviously, if the guys are living in the lore of 85 and it's, you know, we're going to play Magic versus Bird, it's not going to be the same thing. That was because a good game. just last, that was a nice video <laughs> playing Magic Bird. Magic. <laughs> 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 that was a great game. Was that was always, a great game. I didn't really care for Mac Johnson like that. That was always, I always but it was a great game. It was a great game. It was a great game. Uh, I tell you what else is great. What is your t-shirt and your jacket? That's a vintage five four there. Break it out on you. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> this segment right now is being brought to you by Five Four. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to fivefourclub.com, put in promo code Omar, and you know what you'll receive. You'll receive a big fat discount off your first couple months. Signing up for the Five Four Club. You're going to get life. You're going to get style. You're going to get a curated box of clothes that's worth more than $200 every single month delivered to your doorstep. Do it. Promo code Omar, 54club.com. Now, let me tell you something, though. That Magic Bird was awesome. But if they're playing that, yeah, it's different because Paul George is a different guy than Magic Johnson. And, you know, and 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 Luke Walton is a yeah, different coach than Pat Riley. Yeah, but these guys are to be able to look at the psychological side of the game as well to, to break down a guy Some mentally. Some of them are. I don't think it's a blanket thing. I think that with Doug Williams, Doug Williams was playing under an extreme amount of stress he when sure he was, was the, the Super Bowl. Was he the MVP? I think it was the Super Bowl he MVP. Was. He threw for like a, a million yards. Yeah, about 500 yards. Yeah, he threw, he threw <laughs> for a lot of yards. So when Doug Williams played and he played that, uh, that specific role of a leader – I think that the players, because of the internet, can get versed really quickly if it's then determined that he's going to be the leader. I don't think those guys even have the discipline to do something like that nowadays. It doesn't take much discipline to search on your phone. And I and I think that they have that discipline. I think that you're giving a blanket statement to guys. I don't know why you're so mad at the Redskins I, I'm generalized. <laughs> yeah, you are. And I don't know why. Because no, I'm not mad at them. I'm just saying that Doug Woods, I don't feel like these guys, these ex-players, are effective as GMs and coaches nowadays. It doesn't work. I, I like, like a guy like you. Hugh wasn't a player, was he? I think Hugh Jackson was uh, was was a player, but he was a player from the Himalayas. He was a player. He was a, a, a player. He was a, a he was an Ohio player. <laughs> yeah, I got him on a couple <laughs> tracks. I think that uh, he had on a pimp suit from time to time. But I don't know if Hugh was a player. To no, be but honest. see, but you but Hugh see, was actually was, a good coach, and but Hugh see, got the I raw think, deal. I think Hugh, but Nate didn't get the raw deal. He's still in the league. He's a head coach of a team now. Yeah, but you know. He got the raw deal when it came to that's the Raiders. What, that's what I'm talking about. For sure. But we all get the raw deal at some point or another. You just can't keep accepting the piece of deal. That's the whole thing. You can't keep accepting the raw deal. If you get one raw deal, you got to learn from that. Sometimes you just have to say no and walk away. Right. And that this is the hard part is because you have to have that determination to say, these are my boundaries. This is what I'm willing to accept, what I'm not willing to accept. I'm not going to let the market tell me what I'm worth, or I am going to let the market tell me what I'm worth. This is the best time to do this. This is the best time to do that. Yeah, he backed up off and went back to the OC job, went to the offensive coordinator, got his got his uh, stuff back together, and now he's— Yeah, Marvin Lewis called him. They slid him in there, and yeah, there it sure. was. You know, but this is but this is my point, though. He wasn't a player like 
to the point where as uh, you say Hugh Jackson and you know his playing is yeah yeah Her, but, Herm but Edwards is, Herm Edwards was a terrible coach yeah but Tony Dungy was not Tony Dungy couldn't get you over the top though uh, I man, mean if, see, he won a Super Bowl T this is where you lose he won a Super Bowl what do you want from him he won a Super Bowl yes they changed the rules yes that was weak but yeah, all of these rules all off. of these leagues are changing and they're all offense oriented and you can be mad at him if you want to but he got you over the hump because if you met Tony right now he would say hi Tony Dungy Tony and you'd Dungy's be like a great bling, guy. Bling, bling. yeah he's got one he wouldn't I wouldn't be bling blinged out I would you know I had to put you my, would need sunglasses I, I, I don't think I need I need mine I lightly you, tinted I, I wouldn't need him all the shades. way I, I, don't I think, think I need you need your shades I'm trying he's a, to he's tell a great you. guy but I, you know if you're going to start a team I wouldn't want to start it with Tony Dungy yeah, but that's a that's not really the <laughs> that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that. That's what I'm saying. These ex players like Tony Dungy was. They I already like have they're... a team. They're not starting. It's not fantasy. Right. They're not starting from zero. We're talking about a team that's in place. You have to hire a guy that you feel like can then in turn put together the best personnel around that team that you already have. Mm -hmm. And this is this leads me to where we are with the Lake Show. With Magic Johnson. So now I'm assuming that you don't agree with any of the, the moves that the Lakers made if you don't like Magic. So does that mean that you think that they should have uh, – that, that 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 means that you think that they, they should have kept Mitch Kupchak and, and uh, no, Jim Buss? No, I don't think – I think that they could have brought in somebody fresh. They should have brought in somebody new. He's a, he's the president of what? The vice president of uh, uh, basketball operations or whatever? He's actually just running the show. He hired another GM. He's not the actual GM, but he's actually going to be the one that's probably going to the final say-so of evaluating talent, pushing the button on trades and everything. You're talking about Magic? Yeah. And and I, and I from past— You're saying you don't think he's going to be the final say-so? No, I think he is going to oh, be. Oh, okay, yeah. That, but I the, mean, but, otherwise, there's no reason to bring him. Yeah, but the thing of it is that I don't think that he's, he's not going to be able to do what he thinks that he's going to be able to do, much like— you know, most of these guys who turn into GMs and want to look for a player like they used to be or whatever. He said the first thing he wants to do is call Kobe up. For what? Negative, Nancy. So now, obviously, Why am I calling Kobe? obviously that wasn't the first Answer. thing that he did. I know, but that's, so then what, what he, that's, what he that's, that's not the first thing that he did. But the first thing he, he did was hold the meeting to, to put their feet to the coals for Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss and say, hey, why were you so high on Sarte? And why were you so high on, on Steve Nash that you openly passed up on Hassan Whiteside, Ooh. who is like probably the third or fourth best center in the league, Ooh. Hassan Whiteside, Isaiah Thomas, and Kyle Lowry for a Steve Nash who never played, who got his back hurt and just basically and got went and, played golf. and went and played golf and had the best golden parachute that you can think of. And right. I'm not talking about Donald Trump in Russia. <laughs> he had a, a tremendous golden parachute. And then, and then Sarte, I, I mean, I don't know what Sarte's doing now. He's probably somewhere in the Caribbean chilling. He had nice tattoos. <laughs> Who knows what, what his plan is? And now, but we know what Kyle Lowry, Isaiah Thomas, and, uh, and, and Hassan Whiteside are doing. Putting up they're numbers. Balling is what they're doing. All of them are putting up numbers. Man, forget about it. The Lakers are supposed to be going out after Lowry in the uh, offseason, right? <laughs> yeah, too, too late now. You, now you're gonna have to. I'm now tired. you gotta. Now you gotta pay through the nose for him. So they hired, you know, uh, Rob Palenka, who was Kobe's agent. It seemed like maybe that's why he was calling Kobe was to figure out the situation with his agent and to see what that meant and where that, where you know, what that meant and where it went. Kobe is one of the reasons why this organization is in shambles like this. Now, do you believe that? Yes, I believe it. Why? Completely. Because he's the one who the past two or three years, which you can't be mad at him, he turned he couldn't turn down the cheese that they offered him. How much did they offer him? Yeah. Forty eight million. Yeah, you max. Can't, I mean, you can't you can't. Turn he was down. max <laughs> headroom. <laughs> you can't be mad at him for uh, not turning that down. But he held the organization hostage for the past two or three years. So 
the talent can never blossom like it should have. Last year, he hurt the team on this on this tour because this is the chance for Jordan Clarkson and D'Angelo Russell and all these guys to learn the game, but Kobe still has to get his shots. They're not learning the game. They lost. They, they regressed because of this whole year, they didn't get to learn like they should have because Kobe had to do his thing going out instead of him being graceful like a Tim Duncan type player who's willing to step back and say, you know what? The team comes first, but Kobe has never been like that, so we shouldn't be surprised. So now the organization is paying for what they got. They gave him $48 million. You, you pack people in the seats, and now people don't show up like they used to because you don't have a product that people want to see. And now, even with all that being said, how can you place that blame on Kobe Bryant? Because, just like you said, he had to accept that, that match He didn't contract. have to, but he did. Now, now, why is that on Kobe and not on the ownership? That's on the owners. They paid him that money. That's on, on Jim Buss. That's on Mitch Kupchak. And it's on Jeannie Buss. Jeannie Buss gets a pass in a lot of this. Everybody seems to give right. her a pass because she's cool. And, and, but you I, know, think her, I think that she had gave her brother the full reign and maybe at, that, so. at that point and just let him because they had some kind of deal where as he was going to show his worth and build a team yeah, organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he so wanted to put back. his stamp on yeah. the team and the stamp that he put on the team was a big fat turd. Yeah. But, but this is my point. This is exactly my point. Why is that not on them? Why are you saying this is on them now instead of on Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak, who have suffered the consequences and lost their positions? They're fired. This is after the pact. Yeah, so and that's them. They're the owners. Jeannie Buss could have literally said, hey, look, we need to do something else because we're the owners. We're the people who actually sign the checks. So it's on us. If I contract somebody to work at my house and I overpay them, that's on me. I can't then go and say, oh, man, Steve to build my fence. He really got me, man. Steve charged, Steve charged me triple. That's my bad. I got to pay for that ignorance of not going to see how much the stuff actually costs. Right. No? Well, well, yeah, you're right to that point. But what I'm saying is that Kobe could have been more team friendly as far as playing. He could have been. But see, I'm ultimately. Talking, no, no, I'm not talking even, about the contract. I, well, but the, the but that's what it came down to. No, but Because but, that money dictated who could come and who couldn't come. But my, but, my point no, 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 is. No, 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 no. What, what I'm point, saying, what I'm saying is that when it came down to playing time, these guys didn't get to play because Kobe was doing his thing. He dictated. Yeah, but I mean, that. that yes and no on that. Everybody knows no. I'm no lover of Kobe by any means. But at the same time, he was wrapped up like the mummy for most of the games. He was he would play 17 minutes, 20 minutes, and then get wrapped up and iced down. It wasn't you know he wasn't putting up numbers like that. Yeah, it disrupted the chemistry. I think the coaching was a problem as well. I think there was a lot of different Definitely. problems. You know what I mean? And this is what Magic is coming to do. I just don't see how you can so you snip a guy in the bud that has the potential that Magic has. Magic has the potential to turn it around because this guy has shown you that in business, in life, and on the hoop court, he's a winner. The guy defeated HIV. What do you want from Magic? A good team. <laughs> he's working on it. Okay, good luck. He's we're, working we're, on it. Well, when we th we're talking about this in a couple of years, you'll say, wow, you know what? You were right. Potentially, but that's a couple of years. That's it. You were right. But that's a couple years from now. Because as of right now, I'm saying, hey, you got to give the guy a shot. Because the because thing that I like about them is they're saying that there's no Band-Aid. There's no shortcut to this. We got to take the long way home. Now, I want to move from that into something else that we just saw last night, which was a situation in Cleveland which actually the, the, the game that took place was in Boston. But the situation in Cleveland where realistically Cleveland's got a super team now. They, they, the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers team is nuts. And I was watching some sports talk earlier today, and it's a great point to be made, speaking about Kobe Bryant, that guys 
are flocking to play with LeBron James. Exactly. As opposed to running from playing from a Kobe Bryant. Exactly. Last night, LeBron James passed up the game-winning shot, potentially game-tying shot. I might have been. Yeah, the game-tying shot and passed to Deron Williams in the corner who newly acquired Deron Williams to tie the game. The, 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 he was there with the, you know, with the game on the line. And the man missed a shot. He barely missed a shot, but he missed a shot. Um, I think that, you know, that gave some love to to the Boston Celtics, to the Garden or TD, whatever it's called now, and how excited they are about the potential of where they can go this year mm-hmm. for the, you know, for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, LeBron passed on the shot. It took me a long time to digest the passive superstar who did make the right play because he was double teamed. Now, either you pull the trigger. Did you see the shot? No, I didn't see it. But another thing that I would like to say about that, even though I didn't see the shot, is that what he's telling Deron Williams is that. I believe. I believe in you. I believe. That's why we brought you here, because I believe. Because I believe you can hit that wet jumper. Exactly. And so it might not have come through tonight. Right. But in the future. But you just got it. You still jet lagged. That was nothing. So when I kick it back to you next time. It's wet. I'm looking for a wet ball. I'm looking for a wet ball. And I believe you have it. And I believe you have it. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's what he's saying. So you know what? Everybody's always mad at him for passing and stuff. And then people, I've heard people knock him for saying, oh, you know what? He's got a superstar team now. Guess what? Everybody's I'm not knocking him. I'm not knocking him for the superstar team. Everybody got a superstar. And look at all the teams that are loaded literally right now, all designed to beat him. (laughs) <laughs> to literally beat LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, I mean, when you go to the finals every single year, you have to de- you have to design a team to beat that guy that goes to the finals. Now, he does have a super team. They picked up Bogut. They picked up who hasn't started playing for them yet. And they picked up Deron Williams. I really think picking up Bogut is the kind of deal that if Bogut gives you anywhere near the production. Like Nene? <laughs> if he gives you anywhere near the production that he's capable of, and by production I mean just clogging up the middle, they should have no problems getting to the finals if they don't uh, have any other injuries because what has happened is LeBron James saw the difference on how hard the game was playing against Golden State when Bogut was in the middle versus when Bogut went out for game six and seven and got hurt. LeBron James acted a fool. His numbers were insane in game six and yeah. seven. Not that they weren't insane in, in every game. Yeah, but he attacked the basket. He attacked the basket, was relentless. Kyrie was able to attack the basket. Kevin Love's rebounds picked up. It was a lot of They don't action. have to make the adjustments because they, don't have a, they didn't have a big man that could match with a seven-footer, an actual seven-footer out there. And now this is, and a thick one at that. Yeah. And now this is my question. Do you think that these superstar teams are actually good for the league. Because you're now actually, you're trying to set, set up a Jordan versus, I mean, you're trying to set up a Magic versus Bird, in my opinion. Because other teams don't really have a chance. If you don't have a superstar team, you don't have a chance of getting there. Yeah, but you know what? You're saying superstar as far as with Andrew Bogut and Deron Williams. Deron Williams is more so than Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut's a big man. The league is going against big men. And then also, how many minutes can Andrew Bogut actually give you? Well, yes and no. Because I'm not saying, because you're, usually, you're missing because my point. I must not I have articulated it no, well. No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about them being individual superstars. Please don't get started on no, your, no, no. Your, your no, 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 no. I'm not talking. Superstars. I'm not talking about the superstars. I'm saying the team, and I'm talking about I'm teams talking about the that team. are talking about loaded teams. The the the, the Golden t- State Warriors are a loaded team. The Toronto Raptors are a loaded team. They're 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 moving they're they're tier under, but yes, they're loaded. They have more names than they have more names than a team in the past would normally have. Serge Ibaka, Lowry. This is my point. DeRozan. DeRozan. This is this is my point. 
is that now the league has moved to a point. I mean, even the Knicks are a team on paper, are a team full of names. Guys that were all that either were Olympic dream teamers, NBA stars, all-stars at one point. Now, when you're looking at that and you look at what they're trying to do down in New Orleans with, with getting AD and Boogie down there with Drew Holiday, I'm sure they're not done making moves. They're going to have to, you know, they need to restock. If they get one more marquee kind of guy, now they're looking at a situation where they got a starting five that is really, really above average. My question is this. Are these superstar teams any good for the league or not? For the Why NBA. wouldn't they be good for the league? This Because they pound other teams. Well, yeah, but that's what people want to see now. Just like going to watch D'Antoni's team go and shoot 53s. That's what people want to see. But then when it comes to the finals, nobody... Now, they're not a superstar team. They have... They got James Harden, who... I mean, last night we were on the wood at the Clippers Heat game. A uh, Heat game, sorry. At the Clippers... <laughs> uh, uh, it, was, it was hot because, <laughs> because the Rockets got hot. And, and it was the Rockets versus the Clippers... And we had a great view of the game. And I tell you the truth, the Clippers are bums, first and foremost. But we'll get to that in one second. But what I wanted, but but the thing is, is that literally Dan Tony is his goal is to put up 53s a night. He said that he wants to put up 53s a night. And and they at one point they were shooting 52%. Which is insane. Which because is insane. when the game started, they weren't hot at all. No. Harden wasn't having a great game. You and, know, and, and he wasn't was, definitely wasn't playing defense. It, he, no interest <laughs> at all. He was olaying people left and right. But then you saw Nene Hilario. Gee, oh, my goodness. It wouldn't show up in the box score because I think he maybe ended up with 16 and 10 or 16 yeah, and 11. something crazy. When I tell you he dominated the paint. He dominated the paint. Oh, my goodness. That's DeAndre on, Yeah, that's on DeAndre and Blake. Patrick Beverly is your height, dude. Yes. And Patrick Beverly had 12 boards last night. But he I ended up with 12 boards. I think it was 14 and 12. <laughs> oh look, look it up. I think it was 14 and 12 that he ended up with. Now, this just goes to speak to the overall lack of effort by the Clippers. But what I want to talk about is when you look at the team, when I look at the Clippers, the Clippers have a star team. It just goes to show. The Clippers might have the best team on paper. Realistically. Because their bench is nice as well. And it just it goes to show how important the coaching is, how important the glue is, because this is what NBA players, this is what NBA teams, and, and this is what all professional coaches are getting paid for. You're getting paid to manage the egos of the personnel that you have. Because when you look at it, on paper, the Clippers should win 60 games. Easy. I mean, like, they're, they're Chris Paul is probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. Blake Griffin has as much athletic ability as anybody in the league. DeAndre Jordan is a big man that can jump through the roof. That's an actual athlete. That's an athlete. He's a monster athlete. And then you got a guy like Lou Bamute who's forget about it. He's just under the radar. This guy is is uh, fourteen and twelve. Fourteen and twelve. This guy is an all star that's waiting to happen. You got Mo Buckets who gives you great backup center work. You got Jamal Crawford, six man of the year, several times over. You got the Hall of Famer who's supposed to bring you the veteran presence in Paul Pierce, and they cannot pull it together against good teams. What is going on, L.A. Clippers? I'm here to tell you. Last night. It was so quiet in the stadium. It was so quiet in the arena in Staples Center that guys 40 rows back were heckling Steve Ballmer. They literally were yelling out, hey, Steve, what are we doing? 
And Steve Ballmer, looking like the Sith Lord, gave the death stare to the crowd. Man. And you could tell, not because, I don't think because he was mean or, you know, he was angry. He was wondering with himself, what are we doing? <laughs> Steve Ballmer is, is, to me, has shown me that he's a competitor. Yes. He didn't buy the team to lose. He didn't get rid of Donald Sterling, the racist, so that he could come not... in here and stink to join up. No, he didn't. He he's put money into the Staples Center. He's set up different clubs that are specific just for the Clippers. You know, inside of uh, inside of the arena. I think he might even invested in some local Hollywood clubs. I think he <laughs> promotes a night at Bootsy Bellows during the week. But no, this this dude, man, he's trying to win and he just can't do it. I want to know, in your opinion, about these superstar teams. These superstar teams, the games aren't even worth watching on certain nights because you got teams that just pound other teams. Kimba Walker came and did an episode of Ballers, and I spoke to him, and I was asking him, what is it like to be on that losing squad? That guy's a winner. He is. He's a winner in college. He comes to the league. He puts up dumb numbers, and yet he has to endure losing probably, what, 60% of the time or something like that? That's hard on a on a on a high level athlete playing on a Michael Jordan GM team, a Michael Jordan owned team. He was GM at one point. Yeah, but that's not now. Now he's the owner, so you can't keep laying all this stuff on the other guys. At some point, somebody new has to take the blame. So now, now in that situation, is Kimba Walker really going to be able to compete when they play the the Cavs? Are they going to be able to compete when they play the Rockets, when they play the Warriors? No, you watch these games for individual matchups like Kevin Durant going back to, to Oklahoma. That game was a laugher when you look at the actual game. Well, you knew it was going to be a laugher when they played it. How in the world could they beat Golden State? Golden State has a, an all-world team. And, and, and you have Russell Westbrook. And you got Russell Westbrook. And, and Steven Adams, maybe. And they're, you know running, I mean? and they're just running back and forth, and he's trying to get his and show Kevin Durant that, you know, he doesn't need him. But what else is he supposed to do? He's, he's, he's overmatched. So, basically, he has the, the, the respect of his own game to say, yeah, I am going to show you what time it is. I'm going to show you that I'm real out here, and I'm, and I'm serious about the, about the game. Now, I don't know. I don't even know how they would fix the, you know, I don't even know how they would go about fixing that. Because well, especially now since the cap is getting ready to open up, uh, really, I mean, barn doors open. So then it starts to be about playing in certain cities. That's what it's about, really. Anyway, though, if you, you if know, you're, you're not in control dude, because you're getting drafted, you're just happy to get to the league. You're not. You don't really. You know, if, if Charlotte says that they're going to draft you, like yes, of course, of course, absolutely. But then after a few years of getting the tar beat the out, tar you. pounded out of you, you're like, oh yes, <laughs> like do I got to go to the stadium again or? And yeah, or we can we can bring it down to Miami for yeah. a little bit less money, uh, or we can bring you to L.A. or San Francisco, and you can sit on the bench. Come on, man! I don't mean but you don't even have to sit on the bench. We're talking about primo dudes. I, I'm just saying that the NBA has become hard to watch night in and night out. To me, the NBA is already hard to watch anyway. You know, because for me, especially the past few years, I've already told you that it's basically like uh, almost like the WWE in a sense. We know the outcome, although we like to watch the games. You literally almost can bank on who's going to make it to the finals and everything else. And that's not cool because you need to take that element out of there. But when the, you have small market teams going, it was just like the other week when I was talking to you, you said, you think that they're going to let that happen? That's yeah. You and know, certain things are not going to let happen. Yeah, you and, know that the powers you know, that be just are not going to let certain things. That's happen. not cool. Yeah, I I need to see the best teams beat the best teams. 
I don't want to see them in a manip- fair, in yeah, a fair, in a fair yeah, yeah, I don't want to see it manipulated in any form or fashion. I don't want to feel like after I watch something like it's a boxing match, you say like, oh man, that was terrible. They ripped them off. And and if you do keep seeing that, these guys are going to get smart. Somebody's going to start another league with a lot of money, just like how Dana White did. Yeah. And then they start taking all the attention and they're going to eventually take the money. You cannot cannibalize the sport in any of these sports yes. with offering a subpar product. The only thing they have going for them, one, is the Monopoly, two, uh, so I guess it's more than the only thing, but they have a couple things going from one, the Monopoly, two, they have the idea that the games are entertaining, whether that's manufactured entertainment or real entertainment. Right. They create these storylines that are interesting. And one of those storylines that I don't think they're creating that's going on right now is this scenario with uh, uh, Kevin Durant trying to rip Shaq for his ripping of JaVale McGee with Shaq and the <laughs> Fool, with, with, with whose both mamas had to get involved. Let's hear what Kevin Durant had to say about the situation. Happened last night between JaVale and uh, Shaq on Twitter. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. Uh, JaVale's work, he works extremely hard. He's come in here and done so much for us as a player. Uh, he only wants to be respected just like anybody else. And I understand that Shaq, works for a company that, you know, wants him to do that type of stuff and make fun of players. And it's cool and funny, but when you just keep doing it time and time and time again uh, for no reason, yeah, and then a guy actually disagrees with you and you threaten them, I ain't no cops can threaten civilians like that. So, <laughs> you know, it's definitely childish. And, but, you know, that's what they, that's what they want from these stars. And these retired players is to, you know, feel with the guys that's playing now and make arguments and disagreements. And, but if I was Javale, I'd feel the same way. It's, it's childish. Steve said it was, you know, it had the potential to kind of mess up his money a little bit. You know, it has, it has. You know, I think uh, Shaq wants to make a joke about it, but if it was him in and in you know in that position, you know, he would feel the same way. You know what I mean? And, you to call him a bum and all this just because you you know you're such a great player obviously but still everybody can't be Shaq you know what I'm saying he's making he's trying to make his money and and you know enjoy the game of basketball and this perception of him now is that he's a, a dumb player or he because he makes mistakes out on the court Shaq was a free throw shooter he missed dunks he airballed free throws he can't shoot he couldn't shoot outside the paint he's bigger than everybody he didn't have any skill but he was bigger and stronger than everybody. And he's still a great player, but you had your flaws, too, as a player. And you played on five or six teams, too. So it's not like you're just this perfect, you know, center. You had your flaws, too. So, like I said, I ain't no cops can go on TV and, th- I mean, go on Twitter and threaten civilians like that. And I'm glad you feel challenging. Wow. I mean, you know. But the diesel, you know, to, to the diesel, he's always he was like that when he played. Right. And he literally said, "Be quiet, or I'll slap the out of you." <laughs> on Twitter, that was his. That was his comeback. It wasn't like, and and that's from being here. So he in just LA. want you to take it and eat it. <laughs> yeah, and and well, no, that's because Javale McGee said something inappropriate about taking his nuts out of his mouth or some some crazy that he would never say to Shaq's face. Um, first and foremost, to say that Shaquille O'Neal didn't have any skill is ridiculous. I, I, I don't even know if I can take anything Kevin Durant says seriously ever <laughs> again in life. I don't know what to say. Secondly, when it can mess with his money, you know what, man? I don't know about that. Centers are pretty weak by and large now in comparison to, you know, what centers were. Yes. And the guy that gives you eight and three or whatever it is that JaVale gives you is going to get paid. 
and he's gotten paid for 10 years or 13 years or right. something like that. So he's had plenty of time to not be considered a bum. I think we're looking at evidence of a part of society that I'm not a fan of, which is the everyone gets a trophy element. Yeah. This is that. You're in the NBA. You just If you're a professional athlete, I'm on television every week. So you know what? I'm on TV. If I'm going to sit around and cry about people calling me names or people saying I'm a bad actor or that I'm a fat retard and all the other stuff that I've read that people say about me, then I shouldn't be involved in this. I should do an anonymous job if I'm that sensitive. Just like police officers shouldn't become police officers if their first instinct is to shoot because they were scared because they're always scared about something. Right. Don't become a cop if you're always scared. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> fear for my life but but so 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 i don't i i don't know about this i think this is more evidence of the softening of sports the softening of the nba for sure i mean you know obviously shaquille o'neal destroyed the league that's not even don't nobody should even talk about that but if shaquille o'neal was in the nba now with as soft as everybody is with all these sinners trying to take charges left and right and so on and so forth he might average 40 a night. And it'd be some people in the hospital. And it's going to be some people that are hurt because he's not messing around with you. He's yeah. not He's not worried about throwing you an elbow. He's not er- worried about knocking you over. Yeah. You know, and, and it's unfortunate because this is what has been deemed as the more palatable, you know, version of the game for everybody to watch, which is just like everything else in society, less... Uh, uh, Substance. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and less testosterone, if you will. Yeah. More towards the middle of the road, PC, and and yeah, and 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 sport is supposed to be above that. Sport is supposed to be the place where your actual play determines your worth there. And guess what? Guys are aggressive when they play sports. They sure are, and so are women. Yeah, everybody's aggressive when they play sports, it's or part of the plan. or they don't succeed. Yes, this is this is a clear cut case. You know, it's a results driven industry, and this is a clear case of of that. But now you're looking at it, and now, which leads me to the next point, uh, he threw that little last shot in about Shaq moving around the five or six teams. Because, what is that? I don't you know, I understand it because they Shaq and Barkley roasted him about leaving the team that you lost to in the playoffs the year before and going to play oh. with them. And so he's, you know, that's his own little chip dig, shot. You know? Yeah, his own little dig there. But now he's out. He's nursing a knee injury. And what do you think Golden State is going to do from Especially, this point? Yeah, they gutted their whole team to get him. And now, you know, they picked up Matt Barnes, which is a huge I thought that was a great pickup. Bob Myers is doing work over there. Yeah, that's a great pickup, but he can't replace Kevin Durant. No, 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 no. I mean, you're talking top five player in the league, this guy. I mean. Even though he found, he's pretty, he's he's showing himself to be pretty fragile. Yes. I think that the injury is worse than what they're saying. Oh, you think? They're saying that, you know, he's out indefinitely. MCL sprain. He's out indefinitely. The same thing they said about Joe Embiid, but look at Joe Embiid. He's out for the season. Unless he's at the McMill concert. (laughs) (laughs) Get long. Uh, 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 (laughs) (laughs) Then he started to pump it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, Obviously, they're not going to say he's injured more. You know, they're not going to actually tell you how bad the injury is. But I think that it's worse than what they say it is. And I don't know if they're going to be able to substitute anybody. Although they have some young kids over there. McCall can go, Patrick McCall, and also Ian Clark. Sean Livingston can still go. Yeah, but Uh, and 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 Iggy, Iggy, you can see the step that Iggy has lost. But this is what I think it's going to do. Real quick, I think that it's going to showcase who, in my opinion, is the best player on their team. Is Clay Thompson? Yeah, you high and on Clay. I, 
he's got ice water in his veins. I watch these games. I see Kevin Durant choke. I see Steph Curry not come up as big and make a lot of like brain dead passes and stuff like that. And I see Clay on both sides of the ball. I see Clay guard the tough guy. He guards the other team's best player. And I see him get hot and get wet. Well, one thing about him and Draymond Green is that I feel like they have a little bit more respect for their game than the other players do. Those other players don't have I, I as much. Other, I don't know about that. I think those other players have pride in their game. But I actually think that it's just that clutch gene. I think that that, that I don't know, Steph hits clutch shots, but the problem he does is hit clutch shots. I just don't feel like they have enough respect for the game as far. Oh, for the game, for the game. Oh, okay, and okay, the, okay. No, no, no. I'm saying for the game and their game, both. Because you watch Clay Thompson, he plays a hard nosed type of he basketball, does. and I think because, Clay Thompson could play in the '90s, but and his, in the '80s, but his father did too, just like Steph's father did. But they played different positions, and he played, and his father played. Uh, Thompson's father played with the Lakers. Yeah. And they play, people don't understand, the Lakers play good defense. They sure did. And they don't get credit for that because they had showtime. Yeah. But they play great defense. Sure did. And so, you know, he comes from that era. Complete and, team. And, and Del Curry was sitting outside shooting threes. And just his like his son is wet. And his, and his son's jumper is wet. But then you don't actually get that respect or that hard nose, let me die for the loose ball type of mentality that you need that Clay Thompson does have. Because even when you watch his brother play baseball, Trace Thompson. That he's got a crazy respect for the game. He plays he's the game crazy the right respect way. for the game. And That's I, a you, good point. Yeah, and you can see that their father really had an impact on them to say, hey, man, listen, you're going to play, you're going to play it right, or you won't play. Or I won't let you play. Yeah, I won't let you play. you're not going to embarrass the Thompson family. Yeah, because you're not going to bring down the name. But the other thing is, I think that you could say that the combined weight of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry <laughs> is like the size of my left thigh. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that those guys combined maybe weigh maybe 300 pounds, maybe. And, and you know, that— Especially from a guy that's 6'10". And Clay is a, a bigger dude. Yes. He seems more durable. Yes. You know what I mean? He's a bigger dude. And I think that that helps him on the defensive end. Obviously, it's a team sport, you know. Um, but I think they're going to actually – JaVale's going to get his chance to show and prove. Yeah, and not only that, that brings Draymond Green back into the fold as much, you know, as well. As far as uh, yes. more scoring? Yeah, as far as more scoring and more touches on the ball. This is what I was saying before when they picked him up. There's only one ball out there. Okay, so everybody's numbers have dropped since he's been there. You know, they're winning still, but in the in the grand scheme of things, can they get over the hump with that style of ball, ball playing with a Kevin Durant-type player? I don't think that they can. Now, and when all this is happening... No, well, let me ask you a question real quick, Rondy Piper. Whose team is it? Is it Steph Curry's team or is it Kevin Durant's team? Steph Curry's team. Still? Still Steph Curry's team, even though everybody considers Kevin Durant to be the best player on the team. Steph Curry's been... the Truth be told, sometimes when you watch a game, it looks like Draymond Green's team. More so, like, as far as the way everybody listens. Because uh -huh. he's the leader out there. Uh -huh. He's the guy that, 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 that smacks guys into shape. He's the guy that actually, he's the you know. Enforcer. He, yeah, he's the guy that, that you see him in between in timeouts and this and the other actually coaching and pointing things out. Like, no, you go on the left on the screen. Right. You go under. I'm stepping up. Blah, blah, guard the rim. Listen, you, man, where were you? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You see him keeping uh, guys accountable. Kevin Durant. I saw him chew him out. Several times this year. Ripped him a new one. And so I think that that, I think that between those, you know, that those elements are big, and I think that I look for Draymond to step up. I look for these guys to step up at this point because it's not like they're clowns. I, I've never thought that. It's just that I think that now, without Kevin Durant and what they gave up, I think they're a little undermanned because we can see that that <laughs> we can see that that game, 
that they play is contingent upon the exact right amount of shots, rebounds, assists, steals. You know what I mean? It's it's a very delicate balance, even though it's a loose, fun kind of game. Mm-hmm. And so, and and they were a team that had a high defensive rank for the last couple of years, even though their offense, a la Showtime, their offense got a lot of credit. Right. They actually got a lot of steals, and I think they might have led the league in a couple of different scenarios, which is, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But what I was going to say is, in meanwhile, uh, down south, the Spurs just keep winning. Yeah, they keep the Spurs along. just keep playing the right game, who, by the way, also have a superstar team. And now they're and talking they, about they might be able to win the division. And they're talking about getting that home seed. <laughs> and then you have to go through San Antonio, which is not nobody something wants you want to do. do. Yeah, not, not even the Cavaliers. No, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody really wants to go down there. And that's I think that's how they beat the Heat that last go around. They had home yeah. field uh, uh, advantage. They went in there, they won at home, and then they win one game on the road. Next thing you know, it's out of control. <laughs> now you now you got your back to the wall. Yeah. You know, um, I think you keep an eye on the Spurs, man. If they don't get hurt, I think last year was a, a learning experience for Lamarcus Aldridge about being under the bright lights and the expectation of winning. And I think that he's learned, and I'm very interested to see what they have to offer come playoff time. Uh, and those playoffs Got are coming up fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but speaking of offering a lot, did you see this news that uh, uh, during Floyd Mayweather's birthday party, his house was simultaneously being robbed? Yes, it's not the first time either. During a fight, they said before a couple of his fights that he had his house broken into as well. This seems to be a real epidemic right now of uh, when it comes to celebrities. Not just him. Obviously, he's the most flamboyant. He's the most affiliated with materialism. But this is a lot of of professional athletes, celebrities, personalities are getting robbed. Well, I think home that, invasion style without them being home. Well, yeah, but I think that it's also like a spotlight put on them. But it's happening all over the country now. Because, it's happening all over the world. Yeah, because of social media. Because everybody's saying, okay, you know, I'm over here, dude. I'm, I'm in the lights. I'm over in Panama yep. right now. Yep, 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 yep. So somebody's looking on your social media that you don't even know and saying, oh, this dude's in Panama. Let me go into his house. And when you are that socialite type, Somebody's looking at uh, somebody's looking at social media that maybe has been to a party at your house. Exactly. Or maybe it's a, a woman that you messed around with who's got some shady ties and actually right. tells her, you know, she didn't like the way things worked out <laughs> or or tells her tells tells, you know, her, her dirty rotten cousin. Hey, man, I know the code to get into the gate and you can do this and do that. I don't think anybody's at home. And this is a, an interesting cost of wealth, popularity, flamboyance. And social media. And social media is just the the tool because social media is a conduit. I think that there's an uh, this is this is I, I introduce this now because I think it's something we're going to have to revisit several times uh, later this year in general because it's another part of society that's changing and it's changing fast. There's a subculture that's being created with all the wealth that's being created and flaunted in X, Y, and Z. There's a subculture of criminality of of sort of like a, a reverse uh, equality Robin Hoodism that you could say that's going down right. with people who aren't eating so good and they're saying, wait a minute, man, you got it all and you're going to rub it in my nose. You're going to rub my nose in the fact that right. you got it all. Right. And I'm a taker and I'm going to go grab that. It's true. And if you're there, then it's even worse for you. It's true. It's a it's a dangerous situation on you guys listening out there, man. Whether you're a celebrity or not, keep your eyes out because it, it's, this is a real world. If you tell everybody where you are all the time, especially if you're at a long proximity, a distance from things and people that you love, you're making those people vulnerable. 
Yeah, why don't you put up the photos after you get back? There's a vulture because everything has to be right now. Because yeah, this that's, is that's, the world. That's. It's Instagram. Yeah. And if you don't document it right now, it's like you weren't even there. You need instant gratification. And that's that what it instant, is. Instant gratification can lead you to being instantly robbed. and and Or worse. And yeah, it comes yeah. at a cost. I mean, look at Kim Kardashian. You look yeah. at, at Floyd. I mean, it happened to countless celebrities here in L.A. You hear about it all the time, just getting robbed, going to buy some weed or something like that. But now it's happening on a larger scale because I really feel like social media can can serve as a as a scouting ground for a criminal. Right. Really. It's true. Which is wild, wild stuff. Uh, but but speaking of boxing, now you got to. I had to go to work. You dirty dog. Mm. You got to go. Uh, you got to go indulge in something. Just the past couple days that I I can't wait to hear about. But I want to play something from this man first. Pound for pound, and Canelo he's done nothing. You know, here right did now, you just did you just say Canelo did nothing? Has done nothing? Is that what you just said? Yes, of course. Whoa. So there you had it. Them fighting words. Them fighting words from Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. Hey man, and, I, uh, and you ran down to the gym and got to hang out with the champ. Tell me about it. What happened? Man, I can't say enough about them, man. They were very, very confident. <laughs> I can't get enough of it you either. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, you know they were very. It, I got the feeling at the camp that they were very confident in this win coming up. I think that, you know, they uh, hopefully they're not underestimating Danny Jacobs because Danny Jacobs has the size on him. I just don't think that Danny Jacobs has the uh, thump. And Triple G is actually a fighter. Now, I don't agree with uh, Stephen A. Smith saying that he fought, uh, you know, bad to, to make people. I don't b- believe that fighters do that. I don't either. I don't I, think anybody logically does that. I think that what happens is that sometimes you get brought down by your opponent. You know what I'm saying? And if there's no threat, an imminent threat to him in that set, in that setting, which I felt like when he fought against Kell Brook, that he couldn't hurt him. Yeah. You know, Kell Brook, like he confused him with his speed, but he didn't hurt him. Um, but I've, I feel like that with a guy like Triple G, his his power, he has power like a, a light heavyweight or a heavyweight. And that's the difference. That's the deal breaker in most of these fights, man. This is and he also usually uses the jab, and which he uses, is good. Yes, but this is where the jab can come back to hurt him because if Danny Jacobs sits on the outside and uses his reach, you and got no, there, job, there will be no answer. Th- it'll be a problem. It'll because be a long Danny's night. a better athlete. Yeah, but, Danny's uh, a better athlete. But it, Danny sometimes gets unorthodox, and Danny's chin is a little bit suspect. I and love this, Danny. Danny's this, my man. Yeah, and, this and, is and that's problem. not the guy you want to have a suspect chin against but well not see and triple g can get you out of there with the body as well he sure can he can you break know. your ribs he can break your back it's it's the wrong thing but that fight's a couple weeks from now which we will be in attendance with but right now this weekend on premier boxing championships we have the fight which potentially has the 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 potential to be the fight of the year even though that bar was set pretty high by badu jack uh that that badu jack stevenson that was, fight that, that was, was a great really fight. Good fight um but we got keith thurman and danny garcia been waiting for this one for a long time Tale of the tape, both fighters undefeated. Keith Thurman's 127. Danny Garcia's 133. Both of them have a, a – Keith has a 79% knockout percentage. Danny's 19 uh, knockouts put him at 58%. Danny's an inch taller, although he has a shorter reach. They're both 28. Who do you got? I got Thurman. Oh, you got Thurman. I thought you were with Danny Garcia. No, I got Thurman. You switched up. No, I didn't really switch up. I hadn't made a decision. I was on the fence. And now what made you what made you go that route? You know what? I just feel like Keith Thurman's a, a better athlete. He has more power, you know, and I, I and if after you get hit by somebody who has thunder, I don't know if he's going to be able to respond the way that, you know, that he usually people lose their composure. 
when they get hit hard. Now and Keith, that's a problem. And Keith Thurman is a heavy favorite. Yes. Heavy favorite. He should be. And and Danny, what's interesting about that is that obviously Danny's dad talks so stupid all the time, unnecessarily so. I think the big factor is this. Keith Thurman hasn't been in the ring, if I'm correct, since he fought Sean Porter in what might have been the fight of the year last year. And that's a lot of time to heal, but then that's also some potential time for ring rust. Right. And Sean Porter put a hurting on him. And, well, and sometimes, like we were talking about, even with the NFL running backs, those are like dog years put on a fighter when he takes, absolutely. A, takes a good whipping. And Danny had that tomato can that he fought back in October. Which, for no well, reason at all. I guess it was a tune-up. It was like a sparring, a high-end sparring session. And uh, and now we got a big fight coming up Saturday on CBS, folks. Tune in. This is boxing's attempt to try to create new superstars that they can charge you for eventually on pay-per-view. And I think it's a wise move because boxing is losing ground. They have to, have to, have to develop and groom some new potential superstars because they don't have them right now. Right. And these guys both fit the bill. They're both big personalities, uh, and, and they're both actually really, really good fighters. Really good fighters. So... I think uh, that's pretty much all I got. I got one more piece, uh, which is just leading into my favorite time of year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, come on, man. This, Major League Baseball is right around the corner, folks. Are you kidding? I mean, the weather's changing. Life is good. But uh, what do you think about Commissioner uh, uh, Manfred changing rules with the with the intentional walk to speed up the game and the potential rule changes for next year. Go. What do you think? The intentional walk doesn't even make any – you have eight throws, actually, that's going to go down with an intentional walk, which gives you room to make a mistake within that time period. Let the game play out. If you can't if you can't conform, you can't make these people come over and say, oh, I'm going to like baseball now because they don't do the intentional walk. <laughs> it doesn't work no, like that. If that's you don't not like baseball, you, like you base- just don't like baseball. You just don't like baseball. And, and, the, and the minute – that shaved off the game from the intentional walk is not going to change that. And that intentional walk could actually end up being a game changer. What if the pitcher throws a, throws the ball away? What if the catcher throws the ball away, throwing it back to the pitcher? Which we've seen before. Which has happened, you know? And intentional walks don't happen all the time. But this is the major league. This is what separates it from college and little league and all these other leagues that are going on. This is the ultimate place where you play baseball. There is no higher level. This so, is it. so why are you going to change the game for what? To speed it up for what? Yeah, the players aren't in a rush to leave. And if I buy a ticket to Dodger Stadium, I'm not in a rush to leave. Like, oh man, let's get out of here. They, they, they uh, did an intentional, intentional walk. walk. Are you crazy? Now there's that element of it, and I tell you, Russell Martin had a really hot take on it, which. Uh, which which I love, but check this out. It, let's let's let me. I'll read to you what Russell Martin said. By no means are intentional walks automatic. This is the catcher for the the Blue Jays, who is a major league veteran. Uh, by no means are intentional walks automatic until now. Now they are, so they're speeding up the game. My thing is, if they really want to speed up the game, then when a guy hits a home run to speed up the game, should a guy just like in softball when he hits it, should he just walk to the dugout? It'd be quicker. I'm just wondering. I mean, at what point do we just keep the game the game? Or how about this calculation? Take all the intentional walks that were made in the last couple years and calculate, or maybe just ask to see if they have that information to see if they really did their homework. Is it really that important to speed up the game with this rule? Because how many games did we play last year where we didn't have one intentional walk? That's something I'd like to know. And they looked it up, and there's one intentional walk every every 2.6 games. Yes. The impact is going to be minimal. But I I think that Russell Martin taps on a good, good piece there, which is where do the changes stop for the game? Exactly. 
Especially for a guy like Manfred who hasn't played. And there you go. And now this is a situation where a guy would benefit by actually having experience from playing the game. Because if you played the game, you recognize that baseball is a skill and detailed-oriented sport. Each and everything means something. Every pitch. So when everybody's sitting out there saying, oh, you know what, it's boring uh, because every pitch you're just standing there. Well, every pitch this guy has a responsibility to be somewhere. Every single pitch. Every single pitch. Every position has a responsibility. Yes, it's not something where you're just sitting out there in the lounge chair smoking a pipe. No. No, and and really, baseball needs to, in my opinion, they just need to to cut its losses and say, listen, if you guys don't like it, just don't like it. I would love to know what the average Major League Baseball game time is because, in my opinion, all the major sports last for about the same amount of time. You have football, which lasts about three hours. Basketball games last about three hours. And I would say baseball games probably last, on average, Probably about two and a half to three hours. Sometimes you'll get to the stadium in Clayton Kershaw's pitch and you might be able to get home in an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, you ain't lying. But but that's just a part of the game. And if you don't like it, somebody has to introduce it to you. The average time is two two hours and 56 minutes. There you go. So you're looking at a three-hour commitment. And if you watch a football game, the game comes on on the West Coast at 10 in the morning. The second game starts at 1.30 for a reason. Yes. Because it's about a a three-and-a-half-hour commitment. Yes. So, you know, basketball is two and a half. Yeah. And 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 yeah. And sometimes they even go beyond that, depending yes. on how hot the whistles are that night, depending yeah. on if it's a national game or not, where they call a bunch of fouls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm not with it. I, I am still very excited for baseball to start. And I think we're going to head down to spring training. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a spirited, spirited edition of the Ozone. want to leave you with a quote from good old honest Abe. Uh, and it's that very poignant in these times. It is that. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. That's from uh, Abraham Lincoln, and it's very, very true. Thanks for rocking with us here in the Ozone. Big announcement coming soon this month, folks. Joy. Ozone. Here's a chance to dance our way out of our constriction. Go the beat again, up and down the hang-up alleyway. With the groove I only got, we shall all be moved. Ready or not.